Hello, and welcome to Unlock Your Vitality with Magalie on a Journey. I'm your host, Magalie Matthew. Here we cover all things vitality, that is living full of energy. From gut health to spirituality, nutrition to movement, we peel back the layers and unlock ways to heal and feel our best selves, one conscious habit at a time. Stick around, let's dive on in. I'm so excited you're here. Hello, my favorite people. Welcome to another episode of the show. I'm so excited about this week's guest. It's a really, really insightful information. If you are an entrepreneur, a creative, somebody who's interested in travel and living a nomadic lifestyle, or just somebody who's like ready to think a little bit outside the box, We've got Diana Davis. She's a business coach that empowers creative entrepreneurs to ditch the hustle, land their dream clients, and scale to new heights. She's formerly a photographer and graphic designer, and she talks a lot about that in the episode, how she is out to debunk the idea of the starving artist and the idea that you have to have a traditional job to make the money that you want to have the life you desire. She's absolutely amazing. She's also right now living her nomadic dream. She's been for over a year moving around, living in different places. And it's a really funny story of how we got in touch and how we met. And it shows you the power of social media and how beautiful these platforms can really be. So I'm sure you're going to love this episode. I personally came out of it super inspired and excited. And it led me that and a bunch of other things, having the full moon in Aries last week and so many conversations. If you read my newsletter, you know that something big happened. Uh, If you're not signed up, you definitely should. And I am also working on launching some really, really exciting things. If you're in the Bay Area, save the date 11-11. You'll find out more very soon for an in-person event. And then I'm also creating really exciting digital products. I'll share a little bit more at the end of the episode, uh, so stick around to find out more. But in the meantime, enjoy this episode with Diana. Hello, everybody, and welcome to another episode of the show. This week, I have a super special guest. We've got Diana Davis on. I'm so excited to have her and to tell you the stories of how we met and then dive into all things entrepreneurship. Diana, welcome to the show. Hello. Thank you for having me. (laughs) So it's a really funny story of how we met. The listeners know that I'm gluten-free, mostly. And that I absolutely love Flowercraft Bakery. And so anytime I am on Instagram and they repost something, I always like have a look at it. But, you know, I've never actually then gone to see like who they're reposting. But that day you were there and you shared something about, I think I remember it was like something about hiking on your own or something like that. Yeah, kind of having a solo day and how important that is and... Yeah, yeah, exactly. And I was like, oh my gosh, I need to know who this person is. This is like me. And so I clicked on your profile and started following you. And we tried to meet up. Unfortunately, you are no longer in Marin and my parents were visiting for a while. So we didn't get to meet in person, but I'm so excited that we're doing this. You never know. Marin is still like top of my Mm. list, has a very special place in my heart. For those of you who don't know me, I'm nomadic and have been for over a year. And I'm definitely craving home. Mm -hmm. So if anyone wants to put in any votes, (laughs) I'm here for it. So maybe we'll cross paths in person again, for sure. I would love that. And we'll definitely get into um, your nomadic lifestyle. I'm excited to hear more. But for the audience and the listeners, can you tell us a little bit more about who you are and what you're up to today? Mm, I always love at my retreats that I host and in my containers, really just like shedding what we do Mm -hmm. and just like, who are you really as a human? So I love that question. As a human, I am a full-blown Gemini (laughs) sun, full-blown Sagittarius moon. And why I say that is because 
I'm in Lake Como right now for a week of my nomad journey. I've been bopping around like crazy. I just got back from Amsterdam. I don't even know. Not back. Back means nothing to me right now. (laughs) But I am just always here for a new adventure. And I'm also here to like learn new things and share all the things. And my Sagittarius is like, we got to go everywhere in the world. Mm -hmm. So that's a big part of who I am. I love to just like chat and keep in touch with my people. And I'm a rancher's daughter. I'm from Colorado and my dad's a cowboy. And that has a lot to do with kind of my grit and my perseverance and my Mm. resilience and my entrepreneurship side. But what I do is I'm a business coach for creative entrepreneurs specifically. So I used to be a photographer and a graphic designer, and I built my own business after getting laid off from the magazine industry in New York City. And I am so passionate about letting artists and healers, consultants, anyone who has a heart-centered gift that they're trying to make money at, to know that it's possible to be your real thing. Mm -hmm. Like you can replace the nine to five and really do this as a life and not compromise your actual life, like actually have a dream life where your business revolves around that versus hustling and burning out and all of that, which I have done. So that's a little bit about me. I love it. I've also burned out. (laughs) I basically in 2020, I think was the height of my burnout. I was an entrepreneur of a a co-founder of a tech startup, which is very different than Mm. what I do now. Wow. And so, yeah, burnout is something we talk about a lot here. I love what you said of also this transformation happened after being let go, because I think a lot of people in these moments, obviously it can be really difficult, but it seems like you really took it as an opportunity to totally change your life around. What like happened during that moment? What motivated you? Do you feel like you were preparing for this moment? Talk to us about how... Yeah, how it came to be. Mm, Such a good question. Another thing that I really like to set, I'm an expectations (laughs) and boundary setter, especially as a coach. I'm like, all right, here's how it's going to be. One of my big things is that we are the alchemist, not the victim. Mm -hmm. And if we're going to play the victim, you got to go figure your shit out (laughs) because it's just not going to serve you. And the people going through the same thing, someone getting laid off can either be the alchemist, the same layoff can be the victim of it. Right. So I really think because of that rancher's daughter background, I alchemize a lot and I'm just like, okay, like we got to just keep going. And here is where we are. When I got laid off, it was actually one of the best days of my life. Mm. I was sitting there as an art director and graphic designer at one of the biggest magazine publishing companies in the world, making good money finally, but just miserable. Mm. And I was just sitting at my computer going, just take the money, Diana, just get through it. And then I got laid off and it was like, wow, this is an opportunity. The universe is pushing me off the cliff. Mm -hmm. And for those of you who actually quit your jobs on your own accord, holy cow, good for you. (laughs) I needed to be pushed off that cliff. Entrepreneurship is something I knew I wanted, but I thought maybe when I was 40, at this point I was 27, I'm 33 now. And so I know there was like that breadcrumb, that desire within me the whole time, but I had no idea it was going to come to fruition. I had a networking event that night that I didn't want to go to because I didn't want to network But then I got laid off. I was like, okay, I guess I need to go meet some people. And now one of my best friends, Emily Merrill, who is the founder of Six Degree Society, which is a networking group. Actually, maybe we'll go to one in San Francisco together sometime. I met her that night at that networking event. And she eventually had a conversation over coffee with me and asked, what do you picture? Hmm. Where do you wake up? What do you go do? Are you going to an office with a team? Like, what's the vibe? What's your dream? And I just pictured myself doing photography, which I had set aside for like three years, and just working with 
so many inspiring people like you, Reiki healers, nutritionists, yogis, women of wellness. And from that day, I just decided 100%, I'm all in. And I really like to set a deadline with myself. So it was September and I said, if I'm broken, miserable by December, we'll reevaluate. But until then, I'm not even going to think about getting a job or what if, or am I on the right path? I'm just going to go for it. And I made more money in my first year as a photographer in New York City than I did working in magazines. So it was a good day. Yeah. (laughs) That is so powerful. I love to hear that. I think a lot of times when people hear of entrepreneurship, they think of like the struggle, the hustle, it's difficult. And obviously, even in an expansive business, there's difficult days. It's not to pretend like it's all perfect, but it doesn't have to be necessarily that just the way that it's always been and the way that we've always thought about it. I'm curious, you said there was like some seeds planted from before that you, whether it was being a rancher's daughter of being an entrepreneur, what are there things that you did as a child? Like, are there memories that you have that kind of led you to looking back, right? Connecting the dots, looking back, thinking, oh, right, I was actually already kind of working my entrepreneurial way of being. Yeah, funny because I'm actually in the chrysalis caterpillar goop mode of launching a community, which I found out over the last three years is kind of my superpower, (laughs) kind of unknowingly. And the name for it, which I'm not going to say right now yet, but was inspired by this kind of concept of being a childhood entrepreneur. And I'm sure a lot of people did this, right? We all like had the lemonade stand (laughs) or whatever, but I really hustled a lot of things. Mm -hmm. Like I would try to sell my drawings (laughs) at recess. I was the girl with the gel pins, like doing tattoos on people's ankles at recess, that kind of thing. I always wanted to like open my own cafe or, you know, my brother literally hired me as like an 11 year old to sell these big lollipops. You remember when we had to do those fundraisers? Mm. And so he was like, I have to do this. You're going to (laughs) do this for me. Yeah. And I went to, which is so like ranch life. We would go to the auction every Monday and just hang out. It was like a social setting. I was selling all these big lollipops, like the sphere Mm -hmm. lollipops that looked painted, you know, you know, like throwback with these old men in overalls with these big lollipops <laughs> in their cheeks. There was always something that I was doing. So yeah, it started from a young age, I think. And my dad quitting his big corporate thing to ranch full-time, which isn't exactly always lucrative. Yeah. It's like a big risk and it's truly following a passion. He's actually on my podcast, which, oh oh my gosh, I think you would love that episode. It's so cowboy wisdom amazing. But seeing him take that leap, even though it wasn't necessarily safe, really gave me a lot of permission. And then when I was in New York, I had moved there without a job, without a plan. I happened to network my way into the magazine world, luckily. And I remember telling my coworkers who were like my work husband and my work brothers kind of vibe, we should start an agency. Like we could do this ourselves. Mm. And they would just tell me like, there's no way, Mm. like get a life, you know? (laughs) And I was just like, man, I feel like there's something here. And then I went and did it. Mm. So yeah, here we are. I love that. I love looking back and seeing the things that kind of helped shape us. For me, it was doing, I would do mud pies like in, um, so originally I'm French. And so I spent all my summers in France and we would, I mean, I'm the youngest of four and most of my siblings are much, much older. So I spent a lot of time on my own in the backyard and I would create these mud pies and like have a little restaurant and, you know, enjoy. And, and then now I, one of the things I'm really passionate about is healthy food and just like nourishing people. And it's a tiny little, you know, seed that was planted back then. And also the environment. You mentioned watching 
your dad take the risk. I also saw that we moved around a lot as a kid of like, okay, we're starting life again and it'd be in a totally new continent. So I think those things definitely help shape what we become. And still a lot of people will stay in that comfort or that victim mindset. And so it's pretty awesome that you took the leap. You mentioned that in that first year, you made more money than what you were making at the magazine. Were you in New York City as a photographer then? Like when did the nomadic life start? Oh my gosh, six years later, more like five. But first of all, I have to say, I can picture you having a gluten-free bakery <laughs> called Mudpie. Like oh it's my happening, God, I it's love out it. in the world. <laughs> I would come, it'd be great. Yeah. So my first year I was just putting myself out there with photography. Mm -hmm. And to be fair, I want to be really clear because I think this doesn't get talked about enough in entrepreneurship. I had my graphic design. I had a little bit of freelance cushion as well that I was doing to just make sure there wasn't a ton of pressure on the photography career. Mm. So I think a lot of people think like, okay, I'm a watercolor artist and I have to go all in on that thing. And if that's not making the money, then I'm unsuccessful. But we can also have like a brewery job on the side yeah. just to calm our nervous system and also switch things up. It's fun to do different things, mm -hmm. right? We're all multi-passionate. So just want to normalize that. And then three years in, I remember February, 2020, I didn't know the panini was happening yet. <laughs> and I hired my first business coach and I was successful. I was making six figures as a creative in New York city, like, which is That's amazing. crazy and also necessary because you can't live on much less, unfortunately, but I was burning out. And I was so anxious about when the next thing was coming in and I wasn't pricing myself right. And I didn't know if I should be an LLC or an S corp or a sole proprietor. And I had like all these mindset things. So I finally hired my first business coach in February, 2020 out of desperation mm. and it changed my life. Then we quickly went into like, how can I make different streams of revenue? Like what can that look like? And mentorship sessions were already a thing for me. Like photographers would ask mm. me things. Um, I would mentor them. Also, even food bloggers, I shot a lot of food and their branding photos. And so I would do mentorship sessions around food photography for bloggers. And I was the person who, when people quit their jobs and wanted to do their own thing, they would grab coffee with me and be like, I need all your advice. Mm -hmm. And so that slowly morphed into, oh my God, I'm a business coach and I have a group course and I guess I'm putting down my camera. I never did another photo shoot after August of 2020. Oh, wow. And I had been photographing since I was 16 professionally. So kind of wild, but it was such a, all the things that I did, like very creative career. I'm still a creative, of course, but like physically creative with the photography and graphic design it composted into what I'm doing now. And it was definitely an ego death, but it also didn't feel like a waste. It felt like everything was leading up to this moment. And now I've been coaching full-time for three years this September. Wow. That's amazing. I love that. Yeah. I love that story. Also, I think a lot of people think like, they need certain degrees or go through like certain certifications to be doing something. And I love that you really got it from your own personal experience. How do you apply that? Like in, because I'm guessing the types of creatives you work with are totally different. So it might be that you don't necessarily have the experience in terms of like their craft how does mm -hmm. that look? Or is it really, you know, regardless of if you're a yoga teacher or a photographer, there are just kind of a methodology that you've created that applies for all? Yeah, that's such a good question. And that's one of my favorite things about my clientele is everyone's different. Mm -hmm. And a huge value of my community and my groups is that it's not just a room full of Reiki healers or coaches or photographers. It's you know, you're going to have a watercolor artist and a ceramicist and a metalsmith and a social media expert and a writer and a web designer and all the above. So it becomes this mastermind as well. 
I'm all about getting creative with your business. Mm. As a creative business, we should be getting creative with our business. I am anti-blueprint. I have trainings and modules and methodologies, of course, but I'm always going to be the coach that's like, I can tell you one thing, but how do you want to feel about it? You know, is a group course a very successful way to make money without spending a lot of time? Yes. But if you are not into doing that, I'm not going to say that's the answer for you. Right. So my thing is why it's so exciting for me to coach creative selfishly is that it's always different. Mm. And I don't necessarily need to know like how to cue tree pose <laughs> to be able to help them with their business, yeah. you know? Most things I'm really well versed in because I'm so obsessed with hanging out with those people and doing those things anyway. Like I'm pretty woo. So yeah, it gets to be really exciting, mm -hmm. especially when someone presents a problem. I'll say that in quotes that hasn't been quite solved yet. Mm -hmm. Like for example, what if a ceramicist who is making a mug and needing to sell it for like $400 to make their desired income. And that's just not feasible. What if they were renting those pieces to a wedding planning company and they were used over and over again? Like there's so many one to many things mm -hmm. and ways to do business as a creative. So it's fun. I love that. Yeah. Just that example to help like kind of break out of the box of what's possible. That's really beautiful. And I love what you said about working with different kinds of people, because I feel the same, whether it's through my Reiki healing, or I'm also a vitality coach. So I help people unlock their vitality through different ways. And that's been really cool because some people it's more on the business side. Some people it's, I want to be healthy and like get back or lose weight and get back on track or whatever. I don't actually like using that word at all, um, but just feel my best self. And so yeah. it's fun to be able to, yeah, accompany people through whatever they're going through. And I feel like coaching is also such a, one, there's a, an aspect of accountability and um, on your end, it's definitely creativity and also like being a cheerleader and just like continuing to help people know that they have it within themselves. I feel like that's just a continuous yeah. thing we could all use a lot more of. Mm, totally. And just entrepreneurship can be so lonely yeah, and so debilitating if you let it be. You know, we think of, did you have a corporate job originally? You said, yeah. I, I mean, I was in corporate. Then I went to grad school for social entrepreneurship. I started a tech startup and then switched to being a Reiki healer and vitality coach. So casual, <laughs> first of all. <laughs> yeah. And it's like, we think entrepreneurship is just, we've got to just pull ourselves up by our bootstraps and really just get after it. When we think about corporate or any other job, we usually have a boss, we have colleagues, we have all these people around mm -hmm. us to support yeah. our growth and our direction. And so to be doing it alone is kind of wild, you know? So I think that's honestly the most important lesson that I learned doing it alone for three years mm. is my mental health and oh, how far I could have gone if I would have had support those first three years. But I'm grateful that I didn't because I wouldn't be able to coach the way <laughs> I do. But yeah, it's important. Yeah, I love that. And so when did, you said the nomadic life started kind of five years mm. later. When, where in your journey, how were you like, I'm going to travel the world? How did that happen? Yeah. So I was with a partner for six years, starting the second year of my New York City stint. And we were going to travel the world because we couldn't agree on somewhere to live <laughs> together that wasn't in New York City. We're like, we're just going to travel. So we were going to do that in 2020. We even had a deposit down with a company called Remote Year. Oh, yeah. um, they still have my money. So I, I need to use that at some point. But um, 
obviously 2020 didn't happen. And I'm so grateful because it wouldn't have been good. I ended up moving to Denver, which I'm from Colorado. I wasn't super stoked about that, but willing to sacrifice and compromise. And then we, like everything basically imploded and ended June of last year. And the minute we actually like decided this is done, I was just like, I'm out. I literally had six months planned by that night. Just like, this is a dream that I'd been like, my password was travel the world 2020 exclamation point for a long time. I was doing like my goals as my passwords and stuff. And it just had kind of died, I thought. And again, with those breadcrumbs, they're there for a reason. Like you're not just desiring those things out of nowhere if they're truly your desire. So yeah, it started last June and I just went for it and I've been traveling ever since. And it's been a ride and it's been epic. Running a business from the road is I'd say actually the hardest part Mm. isn't the time zones. It's not the money. It's like wanting so deeply to explore the world and also Mm. giving as much attention to my business. You know, that's been interesting. So I'm sure. And I mean, I love that story again, from something that could have, you know, like a, a breakup or a heartbreak or whatever feeling it could lead you to a road of like, okay, I just need routine. I just need comfort. I just need something safe and stable. And you were like, no, there's this thing that I've always been craving. I'm going to go after it and make it happen. So that's really beautiful. How did you decide where you were going to go? I get that question a lot from random, like Julie on the ferry today. (laughs) (laughs) I get to meet all these really cool people. I have just kind of pins in the map and I fill it in between. So for example, the night that I went through the breakup, I met with a friend and she was like, I'm thinking about getting out of Colorado for the winter. I have sisters in Australia and I'm like, I'm, I'm in, let's go. I've never been to Australia. It's on the list. She actually didn't end up coming. I did the whole journey on my own. I did Australia for like two months and then New Zealand for a month. And Oh, so much personal development in that, like hiking to mountaintops alone in New Zealand. Mm. And then, for example, right now I'm in Lake Como. Right before that, I was in Amsterdam. Amsterdam's just been on my list for a long time. Wanted to check it off. My friend is having a wedding in Positano. And so I'm I need to be at that in like two weeks. Literally, I bought my ticket for Lake Como on, when was it? On Friday. And I was leaving Sunday. I might've even bought it Saturday. Mm. So it's just, you know, when it's just me, myself and I, I just know I've got it, Mm -hmm. you know? And I'm like, I'll figure it out. I don't know where I'm going to be next week, but I got it. Mm -hmm. So it's just kind of a fun thing. It can also be jolting for sure. Yeah. Yeah. I experienced like a mini version of that, but so last Um, So I left my startup in June, July, 2022. And then we got married in August, 2022 in France. And my partner also left his tech job to start his own business, which he had been doing on the side for the last six years, basically. And so we decided to travel Europe for four months because it was like, Mm. when else are we going to ever get to, like, that was our honeymoon instead of like, I don't know, doing this big, insane trip. It was like, let's travel just through um, different Airbnbs and things throughout Europe. And yeah, it was awesome. And mm. at the end, I was like, I'm ready to I'm ready to go home. Like, I'm ready to find a home. And it was mm-hmm. only four months. But how do you, like, you mentioned this a little bit at the beginning. How do you handle that? The, like, on the one hand, wanting to continue to explore. And on the other hand, maybe a need for routine and, like, stability or do you not at all kind of feel that? No, I fully feel that. I don't think I've ever realized this until this conversation, but I think I also kind of like I had the deadline for myself with entrepreneurship. I feel like I just fully committed to this. So part of its mindset where we're not one foot in one foot out, it's like, 
I'm, I'm in it mm-hmm. and I'm committed until I find a place that feels really good. But like I have massive books. I have like seven books at all times that are actual books. I don't do the Kindle thing, not my jam. I have a bag of crystals. I have my incense. I bought a mug in Copenhagen because I was so tired of Airbnbs not having big enough mugs for my matcha. (laughs) So, you know, I try, it's actually right here. I try to create little things that make me feel more grounded, Mm -hmm. really stick to like my calendar and I'm really big on the boundaries. So really trying to create a calendar that supports me as much as possible. You see a lot of nomads taking calls at like 2 a.m. I've done that a few times only because I had a client at the time in Australia and Mm. U.S. like that needed to be in the same group. But otherwise, I really try to be to bed by like 11. Mm -hmm. These things that, you know, I try to work out and move my body and things that I know will ground me. Mm-hmm. So that's that's what I got. Yeah. No, I love it. It makes so much sense. And so is the purpose, you mentioned until you find somewhere that really feels good, is the purpose of this to find like your next home? I would say the purpose is like my driving force is that I didn't take my first international trip until I was 27. Mm. As a ranch girl, <laughs> you don't leave you don't leave the ranch because there's a lot of like hundreds of animals that need taken care of at all times. Right. So that wasn't me taking care of them, but my parents and you just don't go anywhere. So I mooched off of some of my friends' vacations to like Texas. That was about it. So I didn't start traveling until I was 27, fully international. And so I felt honestly a little bit of scarcity around Mm -hmm. making it to all the places that I'd wanted to go. Mm -hmm. And I felt like if I took a two-week vacation every year, I just would never... Mm -hmm make it to all of those places or, you know, even have a place like if you are 75 years old and retired and you finally make it to Lake Como, like some of the people I've met today, which is great. But then you're like, what if you want to go back? Mm -hmm. You know, these things. So I just was like, I want to just travel so that I can go Like when I'm in Australia, I'm going to go to Brisbane and then I can go to Sydney and then I can go to Melbourne and then, you know, and just be there versus having to go back and forth. Mm -hmm. So that's the driver of it. But also I'm not one of those people who wants to nomad forever. I have friends like that. They're just like, this is my life and I don't have any intent on stopping. I am craving a home and it's like getting louder every day. And I, I really don't know where. Honestly, I'm not joking. Marin has <laughs> like top of my list, which I never expected and came through in such a wild, random way. But yeah, so we'll see. Anyone who knows the answer, please DM me. <laughs> You're the only one who needs, who's going to get to that answer. I know. <laughs> it's funny. It's something we talk about a lot in just our friends group because we are in a very yeah, globalized world where it's getting easier and easier to picture yourself in a different place. And my husband is Ecuadorian. I'm French. We live in Marin. And it's also like, we're both super far from family. We, yeah, eventually want to one day start our own family. And it's like, do we want to do it here? Like a nine hour jet lag from me and an 11 hour minimum flight. And then at the same time, it's like, okay, but do you want to stop some of the things that you're doing and like, because you want that. It's, it's such a complicated question. And then I don't know if you've seen the Netflix documentary that came out not that long ago on blue zones. I know the blue zones, but I haven't seen it. Well, when my parents were here, I was like, let's watch this. And so we watched like one episode a night or whatever. And it was, it's really interesting. And so I've grown up a little bit all over. I grew up in Thailand when I was little. Um, and my parents <laughs> currently live in between Thailand and France. And they're now going back. Um, they're getting older. They're both um, 70 or turning 70. And so they're going back to France full time. And they're also like, but is it where we want to live? Like, And when you think about the Blue Zones, they talk about you know how community is so important, the food, the sense of purpose, like all of these things 
And I think there is a way to make it happen wherever you are and wherever you choose. And one of the things about North America that I struggle with is the need to have a car for a lot of things. Yeah. Where I personally am in Marin, I'm like close to a ferry. I'm close to a lot of things where I can do things walking distance. But there's so many things to think about when you're like, where do I want to live and what's going to nourish all these different aspects of me? So I'm just very curious to see when you find that answer yeah. and the road to that answer. I would love to catch up and and hear. Yeah, when whenever oh, that is. Sure. <laughs> yeah, honestly, there's this journey even recently has really expanded me. Like there's this group called Yes Nomads on Facebook that's vetted and you have to pay to be in it and recommended. And in Amsterdam, I subletted someone's apartment, you know, and they, it's trade for like their rent. So it's, they're not making money off it. They're not supposed to. And um, that's really enticing to me to have a home base. So I like have my space, Mm -hmm. but to travel a lot still and rent it out while I'm gone, you know, that kind of thing. Mm -hmm. So I feel like, just like you said, the world is opening up in so many ways. This generation, it's so wild compared to like our parents, Mm -hmm. what they had available to them. So we can construct our own realities for sure, more than ever. Yes. And I think some of the nomad friends that I have aren't as you are in what, from what I'm seeing on social media in the conversation today, like really making it, you're, you're getting out in the community, like you're meeting people whenever mm. you're on a boat or train, whatever you like have conversations. I think in a nomad lifestyle, it can also be easy to isolate yourself and to be like super expansive in terms of traveling and seeing all these cool places, but not really building community and making an effort to do that too. Totally. And I would say the second hardest thing of being a nomad for me has been making really hard and fast, deep relationships with people, whether it be dating or like my neighbors in Mill Valley. We got dinner every Friday. I went on trips with them. And it was like, we were doing that because they knew I was going to leave. If I was just living there and it was endless, Mm -hmm. infinite time maybe we'd get together like once a month. So it gets really hard and fast because you're nomadic and you have a limited amount of time. And then it's even crazier because you have to like separate yourself from this person or people who you just really connected with on a deep level. Mm. So that's wild. And you always have those people, but it's kind of this short, bittersweet period of time. And I totally get the isolation thing. Amsterdam was so isolating for me, Mm -hmm. even though I ended up meeting up with a lot of people I already knew from Mm -hmm. different walks of life, but it was hard to meet people out. And maybe that was also because I was in an introverted state. Right. Yeah. I love that. So jumping back a little bit into entrepreneurship, we definitely have lots of entrepreneurs listening to this podcast. What are some of the like tips, you know, for somebody who might be just starting their entrepreneurial journey or somebody who might be in it in a while, but might feel like kind of stuck in that box thinking and wanting to maybe diversify, but not really knowing how, like, yeah, what are some ideas that you might have practical things they can kind of do to keep going on their journey? Yeah. Honestly, if you are listening to this and you DM me, Diana Davis Creative, I'm happy to send you a free training like my top three kind of things around one of the big things for me is scheduling your dream life and back to the boundaries, (laughs) but really making sure this is so in line with you that you are being taken care of first, Mm -hmm. that the stuff, the farmer's markets and the yoga classes and the dinner with your partner is first, or you're going to burn out right? Because entrepreneurship is no joke. And maybe you already are burnt out. That's the first thing to get back into your, into your space and into that creativity. Honestly, like if you can go on a retreat, Mm -hmm. (laughs) even if it's just yourself Mm -hmm. for a week Mm -hmm. without service in a cabin and just walk in the woods and get creative again and tune into yourself and into your desires and see what the heck you even want. Um, so important. And that's why I love my retreats, which I was so surprised to hear 
your husband is Ecuadorian because I'm hosting a retreat in Ecuador and my assistant is Ecuadorian and that's why we're hosting it there. I also met someone in Marin specifically who also has a partner that's Ecuadorian. So I'll have to connect. Yeah. Yeah. But that would be number one, like oxygen mask on yourself first, but not in like an oxygen way. Like, oh my God, I need this. Like hopefully it's in a, I get to do this spacious sort of way. The second thing I really think, especially for creative entrepreneurs, and you're so good at this, is show your face. Like people have to learn to like us, know us, trust us. Mm -hmm. There are a million photographers in the world. There's a million coaches in the world. Why they hire us is because of you, mm -hmm. you know, because we resonate with you. So showing your face and actually showing a little bit of your life and what you love, and it doesn't have to be everything. You get to choose your boundaries, but that is so important. Let them get to know you really come from connection, not transaction, like really just get to know people and see what happens. And the last thing is price yourself correctly mm. and make sure that the math works out for what you are desiring at the end of the year. Um, we do a whole module in this in my Camp Clarity course, but basically like figure out what you're desiring to make and work it backwards. Are you charging that hourly? Mm. Are you doing a photo shoot for $100 because it's only an hour but really you're spending like six hours on this thing between editing and travel. And, you know, so that's a big thing of creative entrepreneurs specifically is just having such a hard time pricing this heart centered thing that we really just wish we could put out into the world for free. Yeah. And if you want to put it out into the world for free, that's great, but that is a hobby, not a business. So those are like my top three things is the money cup has to be there so you can live your life. So you're not burning out and working. Like I used to do 11 photo shoots a week. It was crazy. Um, that's not the way to live. Mm. And then really figuring out your schedule and what means the most to you and putting yourself first. And then just like connection, networking, getting out there, asking questions, even having, if you're in a stuck spot, like you've been in it for a while and you just don't know, like reach out to 10 really close people and ask them to reflect some stuff back to you. You know, what do they see? Yeah, those are so helpful. Such great tips. That's, and I will say, even just following you on social media, you share tons of inspiration and great ideas. Mm -hmm. um, so definitely encourage people to do that. I'm curious, where in Ecuador is your retreat? Oh my gosh. I'm so bad at, I'm going to find it so fast. I'm <laughs> one of those people who ends up like, I can't look at a map and know, but once I'm there physically, yeah. I'm like, oh yeah, no, <laughs> I got it. But it's basically Puerto Cayo area. Okay. Yeah. Like South of Manta on the coast. Yeah. yeah. Okay. Um, so yeah, the coast is the one part of Ecuador that I don't know that much, but the reason I'm asking is because we used to run retreats with uh, my husband oh my in Ecuador. And two of those retreats is like, why I am doing what I'm doing today because on one of them we did a temascal which is like a sweat lodge in in yeah, the Andes wow. uh, in the mountains and at the end the shaman asked like okay so ask the abuelitas the little grandmother uh rocks like what you're here to do and I very clearly heard I'm here to heal and to help others heal and that was like mm. my first kind of calling of, hey, what are you doing in a tech startup? Like it's time to shake it up. Wow. And then just spending time in the Amazon rainforest and with local indigenous there, like it is such a rich, rich, rich country in terms of just the culture and the biodiversity in such a tiny little space. So we'll definitely have to exchange notes and happy to yes. share all the things. Today he takes kids, um, so from American schools on uh, journeys into the Amazon and the Andes um, in mm. Ecuador. Wow. Yeah. That's so cool. We could have a conversation for five hours. <laughs> we need to have the coffee date in person. I'm convinced yes. I'll just fly. <laughs> Whenever you want, you can, um, you're more than welcome to stay with us. <laughs> 
pop on by. Thank you. Yeah. But I know we're wrapping up. So I like to end uh, the podcast with a few questions. The first one is how do you unlock your vitality these days? It's I need to go out by myself in nature. Mm-hmm. And the last time I really did that was actually in Mill Valley in Marin. And it was the Matt Davis hike by Stinson Beach. Mm -hmm. It was like a six mile, three hour. Oh, the Dipsy? Don't pay Is it part of the Dipsy Trail? I think so. Yeah. Yeah. It's a big loop. That was incredible. Mm. And I just did so much brainstorming and like, reconnecting with spirit and the universe and just hearing, giving my space to hear. Mm. By the way, pausing for a second. Can you hear that siren? Yeah, but that's okay. That's fine. Sorry. It's I can definitely re-say it's that. Okay. That's all good. <laughs> okay. Cool. Um, I love that answer. The next one is what are you saying no to these days? I'm saying no to doing things in my business that are somebody else's blueprint, Mm. which I'm all about, but sometimes you have to take your own advice. (laughs) I love that. The next one is if you could give your younger self one piece of advice, what would it be? Just trust, trust. It's all laid out for you. You're doing enough. (laughs) Just follow the breadcrumbs don't change anything. Just trust yourself and stop drinking coffee because that shit gave me so much anxiety. Mm-hmm. It doesn't do that to everybody, but I really attribute a lot of my younger self anxiety to coffee. Mm-hmm. So we're matcha girl now. <laughs> I love that. Um, the last one is actually really a funny one for you. It's just a fun one and it's what's on your nightstand, but your nightstand keeps changing. Oh my gosh. <laughs> Yeah, it changes all the time. Luckily, I have a nightstand and a lamp. That is one of my biggest pet peeves when I get to an Airbnb. And I love to read right before bed. And I hate having to get up Mm -hmm. to shut off Mm -hmm. the light. Like, are you kidding? (laughs) Anyway, so that's good. I have a nightstand and a lamp right now. And I have probably chapstick always Mm -hmm. because Colorado girl here. It's dry out there. Chapstick always, usually a water bottle, and I'm reading tomorrow and tomorrow and tomorrow. Mm. I think that's Mm -hmm. the amount of tomorrows in the title. It's pretty popular right now, so it's a good one. Yeah, I keep seeing it. I haven't read it yet. Amazing. Love a good fiction book. Yeah. Thank you so much, Diana. It's been so amazing to have you. We'll add all the things, but just so people, if they're just listening, where can they find you? How can they reach out to you? Yeah, I am, like I said, a Gemini and a half. I love to communicate. I love to share. So, you know, sorry, not sorry. I don't like to apologize. We apologize way too much, but I post a lot on stories. I share my whole life and journey. I would love to hear from you in the DMs because it's just me over there. And I love to just say hi as a human on this crazy little digital app that we spend so much time on. So Diana Davis creative, Diana Davis creative. Perfect. And I will say, I love that when I followed you, you voice noted me that had never happened to me before. And it was such a, oh my gosh, like, oh my God, this is like so new and I love it. Also, I love voice notes. Mm. So yeah, just wanted to- they're great. That's like literally my lifeline connecting with my friends and mm-hmm. You know, we call them our mini podcasts. Yeah. Like, yeah, I'm having coffee with my friend Katie this morning or whatever. So, so good. Yeah. All right. Well, thank you so much. It was amazing to have you. We'll have to have you back because I feel like there's so much more we could talk about. And yeah, yes. thanks again. Thank you. Bye, guys. See you next week. Thank you so much for being here, for listening to the show. If you enjoy this episode, please feel free to rate and review or just share it with a friend. Honestly, word of mouth is how we've been able to grow the show and it's beautiful to see more and more people coming on every week. If you're enjoying it and you want to tag us on social media that you've listened and that you love the episode, please do so. These are the little things that 
really go a long way. And as we learn in the conversation with Diana, we need to not be afraid to show our faces, share our story, and yeah, also share resources and where we're learning different things. I love to kind of hear the different podcasts and inspirations that you all are listening to. And I know that your friends and family will feel the same. So thank you again for being here and listening. And I know that I mentioned a little bit at the beginning about some of the products or new exciting things you'll be able to see soon. So I am launching a four-part webinar series of Unlock Your Vitality. And really this, I'm going to talk more about it in the solo episode as well in a few weeks. And if you're not signed up to my email list or the, whether it's the newsletter or also just following on social media, I'll be talking a lot more about it, but I've really been tuning in and honing into what it is that I want to put out in the world. And I'm coming up and revamping Unlock Your Vitality as my company and really understanding that it is a holistic approach to healing with a mind, body, and soul connection. And so the four-part workshop is going to be the first being mind, the second body, the third soul, and then the fourth one, really important, how it all connects and how it all makes sense. And so if you're interested, you will be able to participate in just one of the workshops if that's what you want or all four of them. So you'll have that option. Stay tuned. I'm going to add in the show notes, um, the link to sign up to the newsletter so that you can be the first one to find out. And yeah, join us in this live webinar. I'm so, so, so excited. And that is going to lead us into a very exciting program that is going to start early 2024, which I will be officially announcing and talking about at the end of each webinar. So I'm really, really excited. It's been, yeah, a really beautiful time creating and channeling. And I feel like the trip to Shasta recently was also really helpful to just take some of the vitality crystals and meditate. And a lot of things have been coming through. So I'm super, super excited. And I just want to share it with you all and help you unlock your vitality as well. So Thanks again for being here and we'll see you next week. Bye.